Welcome back to the Always Love Yours podcast. I'm Jared. And I'm Krista. And we got a special topic for y'all today. And Jared's having a party. I'm sorry. I love that <laughs> intro music. Well, let me say up top, don't forget to send an email to us at alwayslovyourspodcast with a Z for yours at gmail.com. And also we have an Instagram, same spelling, alwayslovyourspodcast as well. So go follow us there and give us feedback and stuff like that. Yes. Now, Krista. Yes. Our topic today. Our topic today, we're going to kind of tackle or try to um, the concept of self-love, self-compassion and self-care. I feel like those are very broad topics, but we're going to kind of try to, you know, describe it and also give our perspectives on why it's so hard to love ourselves. So the reason why I chose to do this topic of course, this is my topic because I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah, you are. Um, and it's because like two or three weeks ago, I took a little poll thing on the Instagram stories and I asked my friends and family what mental health topic they want to talk about. And of course, a lot of them were around adversity and obstacles. And I decided on self-love because I think it's one of those components that is so crucial whenever mm. you're going through you know, struggles and just those down moments in life. And I think it's definitely something that we all need practice in and Mm -hmm. that we all really just need to really accept in ourselves. I agree. And so, yeah, that is the topic today. And then, of course, we're going to have our segments as well, um, the Just a Tip and... Also, what is on the timeline. So... We'll do that as well, and hopefully we stay on, t- on topic and not go that long, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll give it our best shot. There's a lot to <laughs> condense and break down. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, Jared, what is your definition of self-love? Well, for me, I think that self-love is like self-care, like taking care of yourself, being able to find time for yourself to be happy, make yourself happy, and enjoy yourself and find ways to better yourself also. And I, I think that it's also about like kind of like grooming for the soul, you know? Ooh, I like that. Grooming yeah. for the soul. Yeah. Like a barbershop for the soul. Yeah, yeah. I love going to the barbershop, you know what I mean? We talk, we chop it, chop it up. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Um, so for me, self-love in my own definition is, I guess, if I look past you know, through my past and my experiences. It's just being able to accept who you are and being kind to yourself. That's Mm. kind of my own definition of it. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to go ahead and in this first part define self-love so that we're like on the same page and we know what exactly we're we're talking about because self-love can mean different things for Mm -hmm. a lot of people. Okay, hit us. So (laughs) I scoured like... The internet and also just what I've been learning and whatnot and found a couple definitions that I really like. So self-love is having a high regard for your own well-being and happiness. Mm. It's taking care of your own needs and not sacrificing your well-being to please others. Not settling less for their less than you deserve. And loving yourself um, that isn't narcissistic or egotistical because maybe people could see that as selfish or very self-absorbed, but Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the opposite. It's loving yourself to the point where you accept your weaknesses and appreciate your shortcomings as something that makes you who you are. So it's not saying, like, I'm the best at so-and-so. It's saying, like, okay, I'm really good at this, Mm -hmm. but I could improve on other things. Oh, yeah, and you could always improve on all the things, you know, all the things that you want to do, you know. Michael Jordan always talks about all the shots that he missed and all the game winners he missed. And, you know, I said Michael Jordan or Michael Jackson? Michael Jordan. <laughs> good, good, good. Michael Jordan, yeah. He hey, Michael Jackson probably had some a lot of downs in his careers, too. <laughs> yep. But, I mean, you also hit on not settling less for them what you deserve. Mm-hmm. I think that that is, woo. I know. That's hard to digest for a lot of people because some, some people just want to be nice to everybody and... Sometimes being nice to everybody isn't really valuable to you, and sometimes it might not be up to your quote-unquote standard, not to make you sound like narcissistic or, you know, oh, this is my standard or whatever. Um, But 
sometimes we do settle for less than we deserve, and that kind of harms us in a way. I agree. Um, one thing that my dad always told me and my little brother is you're the prize. So listeners, always remember that you're the prize. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so self-love, it's, it's a practice. It doesn't happen just right away, and it's not something that maybe we are innately born with it. What do you think? Um, I think that we learn everything, kind of tabula rasa, blank slate, mm -hmm. and I think we learn how to love ourselves, and it becomes important, and hopefully we can learn to love ourselves in the best ways for ourselves. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes we love ourselves in not the best ways. Yeah. And that kind of goes into that cockiness, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, you got to find that fine line between confidence and cockiness, and you got to get that balance. Yeah. And, yeah, it, it would be great if it was an eight, then yeah. we would have... Do you think it's an eight? I don't think so. I think that we are, when we are born, we experience things and experience people and life in general, and that kind of influences our own self-love and how our, our co conception, uh, our conceptualization uh -huh. of ourself, not conception, that doesn't <laughs> make sense. Oh, nature versus nurture, <laughs> two for nurture. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do think, I do think our environment definitely has a huge impact but I also think that you could cultivate a practice to cultivate and nourish a self-love type of attitude. I think so, too. Yeah, and I think that it takes a lot of work, it, and it might be mistaken as something that's like a, I guess, like emotional high or physical high or something that's very instant and temporary. But I think real self-love, real genuine self-love is something that one takes time and also is long-term. Yeah. And it's like a continuous thing that you choose to do and you choose to think about and you choose to really tell yourself every day. So when, it, when you have true self-love, and that means like an unconditional feeling of love and appreciation and acceptance of yourself, it means that no matter what you do, you always love yourself with the same strength. So even if you fail at something, quote-unquote fail, because I feel like a lot of times we're harsh on ourselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but when you make a mistake or there's something really challenging, sometimes we have the tendency to punish ourselves, criticize ourselves, and really put us ourselves down. So is that really loving yourself if you're always constantly having that negative, you know, self-talk? That's really hard. I mean, because, you know, I could even think of times that, you know, when I was younger and I was like, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. And then I'm sitting there kind of beating myself up for it, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I could every now and then make the not best or right decision. And sometimes I beat myself up for it. So it's hard to always love myself for the same strength. Yeah. But I think it's important to remember to love yourself when you're feeling those ways yeah. as well, you and know. Honestly, like you can't 100 percent always love yourself. There are times where you really just feel at the bottom, and that's life. Yeah. But I think that, you know, even though we can't 100% always have it all the time, we could still have some sort of compassion for ourselves. Oh, definitely. And I think that treating yourself with the same kindness and concern and support you'd show a really good friend is something that you should treat yourself. Like, yeah. I mean, as you should practice with yourself as well. Yeah, I agree. So I think that... When with through self-love comes self-compassion. And there's actually research that self-compassion is associated with less anxiety and depression, more optimism, better recovery from stress, ad, uh, better adherence to healthy behavior changes like, you know, exercising or eating well. And so, of course, there's like a fine line because you can't always just be like, oh, love yourself and kind of neglect your accountability for your life. Yeah. Because you can love yourself maybe too much, leaning mm -hmm. more on the narcissistic tendencies and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but I think loving yourself enough, but also being accountable for your life, taking accountability for your life as well. Because even though bad things do happen to us, we still have that accountability to do something about it or to react or respond in a certain way. So I want to ask you, Jared. Yeah. Why is it so hard for us to love ourselves? Ooh. That's well, a big question. It is a big <laughs> question. Why is it so hard for our, us to love ourselves? Well, I think that we are our own biggest critics. I mean, 
you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror and then you look at, you know, you compare yourself to whoever's on Instagram or whoever's on the tabloids or on TV. And Celebrities. To, yep. And, and, you know, even your friends and family and acquaintances, you're always comparing yourself and you'd be like, oh, you know, I, I'm thinking, you know, when Jay-Z was 26, he was dropping reasonable doubt. What am I doing? You know what <laughs> I mean? Look at the guy that's so much younger than me, that's doing so much better than me. And uh, you got to let that go and you got to realize you're in a race against yourself. It's like golf. You're playing yourself and you're trying to get your best score. I mean, when you're working out, you ain't working out for anybody else but yourself. Yeah, and you, if you keep chasing what other people are doing or comparing yourself with what other people are doing, it kind of, in a way, weirdly, you're limiting yourself because mm-hmm. you're, you're already in that mindset like, oh, they have that and I don't have that. You're not being really grateful for what you have. And when you're not grateful, it's going to be hard for you to move forward. Yeah. And also, it's going to be hard really to understand what you really want, mm-hmm. not what your parents want, not what society wants, not what Instagram models want you to want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's hard because we have all these mixed messages and all these this, these timelines that yeah. we have to do things a certain way. And sometimes life isn't like that. And you just got to trust your own process and trust your own journey. And age ain't nothing but a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in, in many a way. Yeah. Um, so that's why you think it's so hard for us to love ourselves? I think also it's hard to love ourselves because a lot of people, including myself and you know, a lot of people that I've encountered as well just have a history of past childhood um, adversity or, you know, trauma or traumatic issues like addiction or, you know, being homeless or poverty. Mm -hmm. There's so many factors. And I put here also abandonment, like through grief, divorce, and strained relationships because I think abandonment has a lot to do of sending that message to you that one, you're not good enough, and one, you're not lovable. So mm. if you have that core belief of I'm not good enough and I'm not lovable, then how are you going to love yourself? Ooh, say it one more time for the people in the <laughs> back. <laughs> now I can't remember what I said. <laughs> well, you know, when you, as you said, when you've been taught because of abandonment that you feel that you're not lovable, then you, t- you think it's hard for them to love themselves. Yeah, exactly. And if you have that core belief, which is so, or which can be very much ingrained in you, then it's going to be really hard as you move forward into your adult life, into the future and stuff like that, because you're going to have to rework that. And that's a lot of work. Imagine feeling that way for the last 15 years. Oof. It's not something that can automatically go away. It's going to take years and years of work and years and years of intentional work. So I do think our past has a lot to do with why it's so hard to love ourselves. And I also believe that I could get your opinion on that, that, you know, we touched on it a bit about social media, but also this like perfectionist attitude that we have that one, we always need to do, do this or that, or we're always comparing each other or that happiness like type of mentality that, oh, if I don't have this, I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. So you automatically see it as a failure or something, and it's so hard to like get up from it. Mm-hmm. So do you think that we do have that type of attitude in our society today? Yeah, I mean, our society, the way that our society is set up and how we are able to see many people doing many different things and we can peer into each other's lives it's stacked so that we only see the best of people's lives. Your Instagram feed or your Facebook feed or whatever feed that you're looking at, it shows people at their best, the highlights, but nobody shows the lowlights. I mean... And if you do, people think you're weird. People think you're weird. People think you need help. But I mean, it's natural to have highs and lows. Life is not going to always be one way. You're going to get both of those. And you're going to have to ride both of those and learn how to work both of those. It's kind of like a, now that you're talking about, kind of like a high of like, oh, you know, this is the my quote unquote perfect life. But then once you have those, like you say, low lights or you know, rock bottoms, it hits really hard. It's more impactful because yeah. you're trying so hard to reach something that is sometimes not always 
consistently attainable. True. You can't always be happy. That's no, not and, life. And that's that's they have a that's in the DSM five diagnostic <laughs> systems manual. Then you could be diagnosed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Being hypermanic. Yeah. So I mean, all those issues of you know. We talked about how we criticize ourselves, our past issues, and like this perfectionist attitude and just not feeling enough. I think another point is that sometimes we have people in our lives who aren't really the best for us. And sometimes that could be family, and sometimes they could be really close friends or people who not necessarily could quote unquote cut off um, relationships, relationships, t- like toxic relationships, or yeah. people who are just always so negative. And, yeah. you know, I believe that those people are a product of their environment environment, or their history or their experiences. And maybe they're not aware that they're being so negative, but that has an effect on other people. Mm-hmm. You know how they say like happiness is contagious? Yeah. Negativity and just like pessimism is so contagious too. Oh, definitely. Misery loves company. company. <laughs> <laughs> and it takes more effort to be happy than to be miserable. Yeah, it takes a lot of effort to be happy. Yeah, it takes a lot of effort to be happy, but being miserable is really easy, and I think that's why people just default to that. Yeah, and I mean, being happy, and it's, it's something that you have to exude, you know? Mm-hmm. And being in misery, it's hard to get out of. Yeah. Not to say, you know, it, and if you're feeling miserable, I mean, that's when you need some self-love sometimes. That's true, and... It's life is going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and once you accept that, and also once you understand what happiness to you means, which means like a genuine happiness, not what you think happiness is going to be for you. That's when I think you could start to really understand and have awareness of yourself and cultivate that type of self-love that will sustain you through your future endeavors, future experiences, and also the present moment as well. Mm-hmm. So... Now that we discuss that, it's really hard to love yourself, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I think we both struggle with that. Everyone struggles with that. And if you don't, tell me your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also wanted to ask uh, listeners or anybody what they currently do to love themselves. Ooh. I'll wait. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I guess I'll go. <laughs> um, what I currently do to love myself. Well... Some of the things that make me happy are writing music or lyrics, playing basketball. Um, my job is really fulfilling, so when I do really well and I work hard to do well, I'm really happy. Um, what I noticed recently is that a lot of the misery in my life comes from my anxiety or from my worry of not doing things that I need to do or mm-hmm. not doing them well. So recently, I like had this email that I had been needing to send and I finally sent it and I like felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. Like mm-hmm. self-care could sometimes just be doing what you feel you need to and getting off your butt <laughs> and stop procrastinating. That could really be beneficial. It could be the first step. <laughs> That's what I think. That's good. I actually wanted to ask you, so in these times of stress and worry, do you, like, are you aware of when it's happening or are you just aware of when it's, like, at the end where you're like, shit, what's going on? Oh, or I have this self-talk. I'd be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's it? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> there's no one else there. So, I mean, sometimes I'll say it out loud just because I'm feeling it. And it just goes, like, when no one else is there, it goes straight <laughs> from brain to mouth. And I'd be like, shit, <laughs> got to get this together. And I think most of the time, people... That's what happens. It's it like progresses whatever you're feeling, oh, whether yeah. it's negative or, you know, stress, anxiety, depressive states. It's like you don't really realize it's happening to you until the end. And when I say the end, it's like when, like shit hits the fan, yeah. and all of a sudden you could see your behavior change. But I think with self love, when you're able to have self love for yourself you, one, become more aware of yourself, and you could actually probably detect what we call in our job precursors. Mm-hmm. How would you explain that? In like A precursor is something that happens right before term. the behavior. Like A precursor happens, so like let's say someone's about to scream, right? Mm-hmm. And then they always scream when something happens. Mm-hmm. So a precursor is something that occurs right before the behavior of interest. So let's say... Um, for some reason, every time the lights turn on, Krista's about to scream. <laughs> she might look at the lights and go, uh, right before she screams, that uh, is the precursor. There you go. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. So we have these precursors before s- 
things happen to us and how before we actually react. And a lot of us aren't aware of that. Mm-hmm. We are aware when it's too late. Yeah. And imagine a time where we're going to be able to be aware of it before and actually do something, be more proactive so it doesn't get to the point where you feel like you're a failure, you're oh. not good enough, or all these negative self-talk things. And so for me, I think that what we can do to love ourselves, the first step in general is just to be aware of your current relationship with yourself. Ooh. Ask yourself, what is your relationship with yourself? Are you nice to yourself? Mm. Do your thoughts have more of a negative connotation than a positive one? Um, do you give yourself enough credit? And also more about like your core beliefs of yourself because we can't just be walking around thinking, feeling the not good enough but not really understand where it stems from. True. Because if you try to re- alleviate in the moment that feeling of not good enough, it will most likely alleviate in the moment temporarily. But we want to get to the point where it is alleviated for the long term. So mm-hmm. sometimes when we know what the root of it is, whether it's, you know, what I said before, your childhood, your you know, what you've been through, and everybody goes through something. Mm-hmm. And so whatever that is, being aware of that and understanding where it's coming from might be the first step for you. That's that a great might idea. be like a great way to really understand where to go from there because it's so different for everybody. So what I from what I taking I'm taking from that from my behavior analytics standpoint what I do <laughs> I'm thinking you have this behavior um, see what happens right before so you can kind of work on it you know and you could self love and you could prevent that um, self talk that is negative or hurting you. Mm-hmm. So I could give an example because this might sound weird to people and they're like, I can't, <laughs> I don't understand. So this is going to be top of my head. So hopefully I don't stumble through You got it. <laughs> I believe in you, babe. So let's say you're at work and your boss has some criticism for you and some feedback that saying like, oh, you did w- this well, but, and they list way more of the negative outcomes of Ugh. what you did wrong. And you automatically start thinking, oh, shit, like, I I effed up. I am not good enough. I should quit. All these things. If you don't, if your mind doesn't go to that, then good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Then you got good (laughs) self-talk. Good love Um, from yours. And so while while your boss is talking to you, you might feel in your body your anxiety. Mm -hmm. You might feel, let's say, your heart pounding a little bit faster. You might feel your putting your shoulders up and tensing. Knees weak, arms sweaty. Yeah, yeah, palms sweaty. Palms spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you might start feeling that. And when you start feeling that, you could engage in certain things to, one, calm yourself down, but also that could be a signal of you starting to tell yourself and soothe yourself and be engaged in that uh, positive self-talk, saying, okay, it's going to be okay. You know, this is just a one time. I'll figure it out. I'm okay right now. I'm not in danger. And so being aware of that and being aware of how you react in certain situations, being aware of what type of moods you have and why you have them can really help you really cultivate, start cultivating that self-love. And when I talk about that, I talk about the inner voice that we have. Okay. That whole not good enough, the whole... Yeah. Spoiler alert, if you didn't watch Toy Story 4. Oh, yeah. Okay, (laughs) hold on, hold on, hold on. If you haven't watched Toy Story 4, skip about three, four minutes because spoilers. Okay, go for it. (laughs) So the next step from being aware I put is the next step would be to really understanding your inner voice. And I bring up Toy Story 4 because Buzz is super hilarious and when he's trying to help Woody and... Woody tells him to listen to his inner voice. He had no idea what that meant. (laughs) He was like, that was such an abstract concept that he was like, what? He doesn't know what to do. Yeah, and so he presses his button. Yep, this little button that speaks. Yeah, and it tells him all these things, random things, (laughs) and he listens to it right away. And that's a great... He listens to it without hesitation and does stuff without hesitation. Yeah, at first. Yeah, and that's a great... Uh, example of your inner voice. It's a habit. Mm -hmm. It's something that's automatic. Yeah. It's something that you've taught yourself to tell yourself or you've probably heard from other people or, you know, 
your coaches or your teachers or whatever, and you've kind of internalized it, and it becomes automatic. So when, like the example about the boss, when you feel like you're getting yelled at or something, your inner voice automatically turns on and tells you, you messed up, you're a failure, all these all negative, you've learned mean and things. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you're able to take control of your inner voice, then you're able to make it a habit to be more kind to yourself. And that goes back to self-compassion and self-love. And you're treating yourself like you would treat a close friend. So what does your inner voice tell you, Jared? When? Like right now? Or whenever. Oh, whenever? Um, well, my inner voice, it really tells me, it, it, it changes. It depends. You know, like I said earlier, if there are things that I'm sitting on that I should have done or if there, if I've known that I'm messing up or have messed up, then my inner voice is telling me, hey, you messed up or you're messing up. But like if I'm doing something good and I like it, I, my inner voice is like, hey, this is cool. This is this is enjoyable. This is good. This is beneficial. You know what I mean? My inner voice is pretty on point for the most part. So my question to you is when you have those moments of, you know, not feeling not your best, mm-hmm. does that carry more weight than the positive when you praise, praise yourself and your inner voice praises yourself? Yeah, my value of the negative for some reason is has more intensity or magnitude or higher uh, value than my positive. My positive, like my, if my negative was up here to the ceiling, my positive would be in, in the middle. You know what I yeah. mean? And that's so sad because it's like we always compliment people. Is to the same for you? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) I could do everything right at my job or something, Mm -hmm. and one negative comment could just, like, ruin everything I did. (laughs) And I think that's because we're human, and and we are a product of how we were raised, and we are a product of our experiences and environment, as we've been saying. And you've heard that all your life, so it's so hard to not be punishing to yourself. I agree. I mean, I, I have this example, if you don't mind me saying. Yeah, go for it. I recently got a final back, a final project, and I got 90 out of 100. And I looked at it, and 90 out of 100 is a great score. That's an A. But I was like, man, those are the 10 points. <laughs> and I was, like, beating myself up for not getting 100 out of 100. Like, come on, man. While someone else has probably got, like, a lower score and probably is like, ah. Yeah. So I mean, be grateful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. No, but that it really is hard, and it, it sucks because if we can't be grateful for what we already have, then we're going to keep trying to strive for more, and sometimes that's unrealistic. We can't mm. always attain ambitious goals, and when we can't attain them, what's that going to do to our self-esteem, our self-worth? Are we going to even have self-love? Because we're never reaching, quote-unquote, what's successful to us. And I don't think it's only that you can't. I think it's sometimes that you don't. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think that we can do amazing things. But, I mean, sometimes we don't get to that, that 100 out of 100. And yeah. that's okay. Yeah. And I'm not saying not don't have goals. Tra- reach for the stars. Reach, yeah. Go for your dreams. But sometimes you have to make little goals yeah. to attain your ultimate goal so that, one, you don't get burned out. Uh-huh. <laughs> And also, you feel like you're making some sort of progress. Exactly. And you can't just go straight to your ultimate goal. We got to crawl before you walk. You got to walk before you jog. You got to jog before you run. And in the meantime, you have to be loving to yourself, supportive to yourself, caring to yourself. Yep. <laughs> you got to have that inner voice and really just reframe that negativity. But like I've said before, it's hard. It's going to be hard to do that. Mm-hmm. So in a way, you have to make it a habit. And you know how uh, babies, they always say, like, uh, the baby's mind is, like, neuroplasticity and, like, oh, the, yeah, the whole concept moldable. of yeah. the whole, like, sponge, the neuroplasticity of a child's brain. And, yeah. like, they're always, like, sucking information. Yeah. You see all these things about, you know, you should teach kids at this age certain yeah. things. And I hope adults understand, adults, teenagers, whoever understand that your brain is still has that neuroplasticity. Yeah. You still can make a habit out of certain things, but you have to be very intentional and you have to be very aware of what you're doing. Yeah, because you might make habits when you don't know of those things that you don't want. That inner voice keep coming up and you keep following it, may make a bad habit. Yeah, and then that's going to be hard to 
I guess, reverse. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. But or change. Train, yeah. Change. Did you just make a train and change at the same time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just smushed them together. There change. you go. You're welcome. You, you heard it here first. Change. <laughs> so how do we make it a habit? What do you think? Oh, man. Well, I... I could tell you from my perspective as a person who studies the science of behavior. I'll go for it. I would love to actually hear that. Okay. Well, I mean, I think that if you want to make a habit, what you do is you do the behavior that you want to be a habit, and then right after you do something pleasurable or enjoyable that you that you like. Now, example. An example. Okay. Well, here's what we do with kids. If kids, what we do in our jobs. If a kid, if you want to learn, I teach a kid how to say one. You say say one, and they say one, and then you give them a piece of candy. Mm-hmm. And then you say say one, one piece of candy. You know what I mean? You're giving them something that they enjoy right after they learn something that you want them to learn. So you got to do the same for adults. How do you do that for your inner voice, though? Like what you tell yourself. Okay. So <laughs> then that goes into what I learned about <laughs> acceptance and commitment therapy. Um, my class. It's like you're you understand you're having these thoughts, these pervasive thoughts that are like running through your head like I'm mm-hmm. bad or I'm not good or I'm doing bad or poorly and then you understand I'm going to have these thoughts and that's okay but I don't have to act on these thoughts it's what you do after you have that thought so if you have that thought and you're like I'm doing bad I'm poorly I'm just going to lay down or put my head in the water or you know what I mean you know what I mean just like just like be in a in a bad place you can be like you know what I'm I, I had that thought I'm thinking about that but you know what I'm going to go ahead and, and not behave on that I'm going to figure out what I can do Instead, that is enjoyable and that's I can be successful with and I can work on, you know? So you got to change the behavior right after the thought, you know? You have the thought, okay, that's a thought, and that happened. You got to keep moving and you got to keep on thinking of other things because people perseverate and stay on one thought. That's true, and that reminds me of what my professor told me one time. She was like, or was it a he? I'm not sure. <laughs> One of them. You really be paying attention. Though. Yeah, I don't remember, <laughs> but it was like I loved what when he or she <laughs> said this to me. They said, "You are not responsible for your first thought, nope. but you are responsible for your second thought and what you do, aka the behavior that you do after that." So basically, just saying you're human. Your automatic thought is gonna be probably pretty automatic and it's uncontrollable, but you could stop. And yep. observe that thought, accept that thought, uh-huh. and then reframe it or think differently about it. That's your second thought. You're choosing to th- think a different thing. And then you do something different than you would actually do from your first thought. I hope that makes sense. It does make <laughs> sense. And I have an example, actually, because we learned this um, exercise. Okay. Okay, so with your thought. I'm going to have that thought. Let's say, let's say that thought is fire truck, right? Okay. And you're going to think fire truck. Now, I want you to try not to think about the fire truck for five seconds. Ready? Don't think about fire truck for five seconds. Ready, set, go. Fire truck, fire truck, fire truck. Okay, okay, five seconds Wait, passed. are you supposed to say it? No, no, you're supposed to not think <laughs> it. No, you're, you're saying uh, it. Though. I know, I'm messing with people. But, you know, pause the <laughs> podcast. Think about it for five seconds. Try not to think about it. Okay? Then come back and think about fire truck. Let yourself think about fire truck. But for these five seconds, let yourself think about everything else as well. Not just huh. fire truck, but, you know, ambulances and Lamborghinis or, you know, for the example of the allegory. Um, <laughs> it's not an allegory. Long literary j- device, Jared. But, you know, you have to let yourself think other thoughts and you'll understand that trying to push down this thought is going to make you think it more. That's so funny because right when you told me this, um, that example... You, when you told me you cannot think of fire trucks, I started getting anxious because I'm like, I'm thinking about the fire truck. <laughs> I'm like saying other like Exactly. That. That's exactly what happens in your body, right? Yeah. And it's funny because I was like thinking of a bus, but I was still still visualizing <laughs> a, a fire red truck. Bus. That's not a fire <laughs> truck. No firemen in the bus. But when you were telling me that, okay, it's okay to think about fire trucks and every and anything else, I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. That's it's actually that actually works. Actually. Yeah, act. Acceptance and commitment therapy. Yes. Yeah, so so just like that, our brains are still somewhat spongy, I mm-hmm. believe, and we still can learn to do to how how do I explain it? To make a habit, not a habit. Old dog, new tricks. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> An old dog can learn new tricks. You don't have to think that you just because you're over a certain age or older mm-hmm. that you can't learn new habits or yeah, behavior. exactly. And and you won't get anywhere if you're closed-minded. You always have to be 
kind of have that beginner's mind of being open to things because then you'll learn so much more. Yeah. And like we've said in the past podcast, we don't know everything. We don't. <laughs> and a closed mouth don't get fed, you know? <laughs> that's that's very true. Yeah. And so, like, for example, I know this is a lot of different concepts and stuff. So let's say you're automatically thinking this negative thought of, oh, I messed up. I'm never going to succeed. Right when you say that, you could pause and, and be aware of that and then say something different like, oh, this was challenging, but I'm going to try again. There's mm-hmm. always room for improvement. I could always try again. Just because I failed in this scenario does that mean, does not basically define my ability or define me as a failure mm-hmm. because we all fail. All the time. And, and you could literally keep reframing that way and talking to yourself that way because you're treating yourself with kindness, supportiveness, and just a loving type of inner voice. And you can make it so that that is the automatic mm-hmm. thought. You, when you are with a very like challenging situation, your automatic thought will probably, of a positive one, once you've built this habit, yeah. will make it less impactful and less influential on your own mental health and your self-love and your self-worth and your self-esteem and your confidence. And so when you intentionally make that a habit, there's a way for you to cultivate self-love through that. Mm-hmm. And if it, if you're having a hard time really being nice to yourself, just think of your best, 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 best friend or mm-hmm. whoever is your favorite person in the whole world. And let's say they're going through something. How would you talk to them? How would you comfort them? How would you be kind to them to make sure that they're not hurting as much as you, they really are. Uh-huh. And so once you do that, how you treat that friend is how you should treat yourself. Ooh. How you treat your family members who are not toxic, that's how you <laughs> treat yourself. <laughs> little caveat. <laughs> so once we get down with you know, being aware of your relationship with yourself and being aware of your inner voice and taking control of that inner voice, we go back to the external things of, and the question of if you're actually really taking care of yourself. And we go into the whole idea of self-care. And so I wanted to kind of, in a very short <laughs> seg- segment, talk about self-care because self-care could be a whole podcast in itself. Yes. It's such a heavy and broad topic. Wait, and hold on. What's the difference between self-love and self-care? So self-love is basically the broad term. Okay. And to have that self-love, that's the ultimate goal, uh-huh. you need to have self-care. Oh. So that self, having self-care leads to self-love, self-worth, confidence, and all those things. Okay, so self-love is like the umbrella term, and then self-care is underneath that. Yeah, and okay, then cool. self-compassion is like in between. Oh, it's, <laughs> or it's part of it? Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll make a diagram. <laughs> Get the whiteboard. <laughs> But yeah, so self-care is very trendy right now. Okay. You see it a lot in articles. You see a lot of people say, oh, hashtag treat yourself and stuff like that. And basically, I went through just different articles, research, and also my own definition. And I came up with a couple definitions. And self-care could be anything to a, a person. It's very individualized. It's not one way. Like, there's not one definition of it. But I wanted to also help listeners and people understand that self-care is not always all fun and games. It's not always you're treating yourself. It's not always gain that, you know, donut or (laughs) (laughs) after a long day or something like that. It's any activity that we do deliberately in order to take care of our mental, emotional, and physical health. And it's the key to improving our mood and reduces anxiety. It's the key to a good relationship with yourself and others. And it's also a continuous process of proactively considering and tending to your needs and maintaining your wellness. So with that being said, yes, it's all the good stuff of, you know, face mask and Mm -hmm. taking a vacation and buying yourself and rewarding yourself after getting a raise or stuff like that. It's all the positive reinforcement stuff, but it's also the not-so-fun stuff. So setting boundaries with people, saying no to things when you just don't have any more time. Working out is hard. Eating healthy is hard. Mm -hmm. Making sure that you're up-to-date with your medical stuff. 
making sure you're up to date with your bills, you're Oof. being responsible and accountable, <laughs> and in general, just like making better choices and being responsible with your time. And that's really hard mm -hmm. to do, and but that is part of self-care. Yeah. That sometimes we have certain people in our lives that we may not want to cut off because, you know, sometimes that's not how we deal with things, yeah. but you have to be able to have that boundary and really just have them as an acquaintance and not really a close friend or something like that. So that's hard for a lot of people. Confronting people is hard. Doing things like that is hard. Mm -hmm. But in order for you to really not neglect yourself and take care of yourself and your mental health, you have to realize those barriers that you have. You have to realize what is negatively affecting your negatively life. Negatively affecting, Neg yeah. Yeah, uh -huh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> negatively affecting your life. So um, when you don't, engage in self-care, you're in a way neglecting your own personal needs. So that is not always good because you can suffer from, I don't know, deterioration in your wellness and your self-love. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. honestly, it's so easy to really forget to take care of yourself, especially when you have this maybe helper mentality. Mm -hmm. If you're a helper and you're always tending to other people, if you're always trying to take on other people's burdens or taking other people's responsibilities, it's so easy to lose taking care for, lose and neglect yourself, you know? Yeah. And I think it's really important to understand that and to always process and reflect on your own needs before other people's needs. I agree. Because you can't really take care of people if you're not taking care of yourself. Yeah, we have this like metaphor, you know, if your cup's not filled, you can't fill somebody else's. Yeah, it's true. And so when you think of self-care, you think of it as, that's a great example, as a, like a refuel. Yeah. So what can I do to get me back to not being so drained and replenish and to get to that replenished state? Mm -hmm. And so that is kind of a way to live a balanced life. And so, I have a question for you. What do you do for self-care? Ooh, what do I do for self-care? So, um, sometimes what I do is I love to listen to music. Mm -hmm. You know, I love to <laughs> just look at my YouTube channels and my subscribe. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, YouTube. Um, like I said before, I like to play basketball and, you know, write music and stuff. And, um, you know, I think that when you're trying to care for yourself, you have to also better yourself you yeah. know you have to find ways to improve yourself because sometimes what we are concerned about are what we feel we are lacking or our deficits yeah and the way, way to feel better about those is to work on those you know what I mean mm -hmm. so like I feel like for my thesis for school I don't know enough about this thing called precision teaching so I reading my book the precision teaching handbook you know mm -hmm. and it's making me feel better as i'm reading it i'm learning more and i'm feeling more confident in what i'm trying to know or am supposed to know i guess mm -hmm. and that's not easy no. getting yourself to work and managing your time around that time but that's self-care because you're one you're that's your goal and that is what you ultimately want to do and yeah what do you do i i feel like i have a lot I have, like, a whole plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have a plan? Break it out for us. It's funny, though, because at my job, I'm actually supposed to have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> supposed to, huh? Yeah, supposed to. But actually, it's actually helped a lot. And my self-care really works on balance. That's my focus because okay. I have a lot of hats. You know, I'm a graduate student. I am a trainee at a psychotherapy center. I am a behavior interventionist, which, which is way different than psychotherapy. Yes, sir. <laughs> and I'm also, you know, a niece and a girlfriend and mm -hmm. all these things. And a resident. <laughs> <laughs> An adult. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, it's hard for me to really keep everything balanced because honestly, it's hard. And sometimes mm -hmm. I get so stuck in the hustle or stuck in the, gr you know, the grind of the everyday. And I do lose myself because uh -huh. I'm not doing things that I love. So when that happens, I have like a mixture of things. I have things that are high impact. Mm -hmm. And that means that exerts a lot of physical energy. So working out is one of them. Lifting weights is one of them. 
kickboxing, cycling, hiking, anything active like that. Oh, so whatever gets your heart rate up? Yeah. So when I play basketball, that's high impact. Yeah, that's high impact. Okay. Yeah. And I also have some low impact ones. Even though I'm more of like a high, I call myself a high impact coper. That means whenever I'm stressed or anxious, I need to participate and do something active Mm -hmm. because that helps me Mm de-stress. And it's funny because I realize why I I prefer that more is because when, in general, when you're anxious, your body wants to release that anxiety and it has Mm -hmm. to release it somehow. So whether that's ruminating as in like always thinking about that thought over and over Mm -hmm. again or actually really physically releasing it. So what was low impact? Low imp. Oh, so my so I'm a high impact coper, yeah. and that's what I prefer. Uh-huh. But I can't always be a high impact. I also need low impact stuff uh-huh. because if I'm at work or if I'm at school in a uh-huh. desk, I can't do jumping jacks in the middle <laughs> of the room. Yeah, that would be kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. So I could do things like listen to music or do some type of mindfulness thing where it's like you know meditations or journaling, reflecting, writing stuff down, looking at quotes, inspirational quotes. Okay. Or like when I like write my rhymes. Yeah, stuff okay. like that. So that's that's also low impact. But like I said, a self-care plan is very personalized and not one fits all. And you really have to really know yourself and what you value and what you like and your hobbies and stuff to really com- like put like a whole robust plan together. Mm-hmm. But also know that you're not going to always like things that other people like. So yeah. they always promote yoga. They always promote Ugh. meditation and stuff. But that's not for everybody. I hate yoga. Hot <laughs> yoga, I've tried it. I'm bendy. I could get the positions, but it's, I, no. Yeah, and some people don't like it, and that's okay. You're not supposed to force yourself to like it. I Good. do suggest everybody <laughs> to try different things yeah. and what works for you, but you don't have to like it. Mm-hmm. And so through, like, the trial and error or, like, process of elimination you figure out what you like and what you don't like so there's just different aspects of self-care i'll work go through them real fast it's like the workplace or your professional life so what that looks like is leaving work at work reaching out to your coworkers when you're stressed taking time off actually take your lunch breaks and don't work (laughs) (laughs) looking at me (laughs) uh call out when you're actually sick and don't feel bad for it because you're sick and you're gonna affect other people and I know a lot of us don't like to call out, but sometimes you just have to to take care of yourself. You should. And how well are you going to work if you're sick? You're going to be working worse and then getting more people sick, which is going to make everything worse for the company. So yeah. take and the time then, out. And then you're just delaying getting well. And you're not going to be able to produce the, the best that you can provide. Yeah. And then there's the physical aspect of self-care. So that's getting regular sleep. And Ugh. I'm looking at you because you don't get enough sleep Never. or get quality sleep. I'm tired now. Uh, aim for a healthy diet exercise be more active Um, and then there's the psychological aspect so this looks like relaxation techniques so like breathing doing something that's not related to work or school finding hobbies that you have that's not related to work or school Mm. journaling therapy is a big one that's Mm. a big psychological like inner resource that you could have to replenish yourself to refuel yourself and also, like, going on vacation mm-hmm. or even going to the beach and looking at the waves if you find that calming. Even by yourself. Yeah, even by yourself. You don't have to bring anybody. Uh, there's <laughs> also the emotional aspect. So a lot of that is finding a support system. Therapy goes into that as well. Being grateful for what you have so that you are able to see what you have and not really like yearn for what you don't. Yeah, I mean, there's this quote, if you don't mind me interrupting real yeah, quick, I'm sorry. It. Um, it's, um, you aren't grateful, you aren't great if you're not grateful. Yes, that's true. That's yeah. so true. And also, there's the spiritual aspect. And this doesn't necessarily mean God. This could mean anything. I know a lot of people are into crystals or, mm. you know, stuff like that. So, or, you know, your personal relationship with God. It doesn't necessarily have to be with God, but if you value that in your quote-unquote spiritual life, and we're not talking about religion, we're not talking about, you know, the structure of religion, we're talking about the spiritual sense of yourself. And I know a lot of people who really value that, and that can be part of your self-care plan as well. Just be safe. Yeah, and then the, the last part is relationships, 
which is the aspect I wanted to include because, in my opinion, for me, family, friends, Jared, <laughs> are very important to me, and they replenish me. I'm a very, I'm a very extroverted person, and I gain a lot of like. I don't know. I don't want to say nourishment. That sounds I would weird. Say energy, because you know, it's like a, we're all like a battery. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get a lot of energy, and I get a lot of recharge when I spend time with people I'm really close to, with people who just bring joy to my life, who people who make me laugh. That is like one of those things. And I know with our busy schedule, it's hard to like make time. It's hard to go to those family gatherings. It's hard to do all these things, but it's possible. And it's if you really value your relationships, which most of us do because we're social creatures, mm -hmm. that could also be part of your self-care plan. So those are just some of the aspects of self-care. You could Google it. Pinterest has great like visuals and charts and wheels and stuff like that okay. if you really are interested and if you want to start thinking about it. But know that it's not going to be perfect. It's just a plan. Sometimes plans don't necessarily happen and you know it's hard to teach yourself these things that you don't already know so yeah it's a new skill it's not working doesn't mean it, it could be being you could be doing it wrong or you could be doing it in a different difficult way or a way that doesn't necessarily help you and there might be another way that can help you yeah exactly and at least you have a plan and it's not something yeah. that you do necessarily just on a weekend or just one day yeah you have to continuously do a little bit every day to be able to prevent burnout, to promote balance, but ultimately promote your self-love and your self-compassion as well. Yeah. So the more you practice acts of self-love, like self-care, you know, having a more positive inner voice, then the stronger message you send to yourself that you deserve it. You yeah. are enough, and that's so essential and just a way to practice self-love. You the prize. <laughs> <laughs> so always remember to be kind to yourself and be intentional with your life because I think that's the best thing you could do for yourself to live your most quote-unquote best life. Hey. <laughs> I'm living my best hey. life. Hey. Get it. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that is our topic on self-love and self-compassion and self-care. And also, just a disclaimer, we are not experts. Mm. We are still graduate students. But just some grad kids. These are our opinions, our perspectives, and also some things we've learned in school and also just something I'm very passionate about. Mm -hmm. And I feel like everyone would benefit from it. So, yeah. Well, I feel like I learned a lot. So, thank you, Krista. <laughs> you did a lot of research and work for this. Like I did, and I had so much fun doing it, too. I, I, I'm glad. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, just I have a little scenario for okay. our Just a Tip segment, if you don't mind. Get it. So this comes from username on Reddit. I went under Life Advice, the subreddit, and this this guy's username is Sexy Fanny Pack. <laughs> <laughs> Not done with the fanny packs nowadays, but that's a hilarious name. <laughs> so the title is Self-Care or Friendships First. Go. So this is a male. Yeah, it's male. He's a dude. I'm 22 and in my senior year of college, I've had a really rough time earlier this summer. I was working too much and I had changed my antidepressants, which is medication for people who are depressed, under my doctor's recommendation and was not doing well. I gained a lot of weight from the meds and even though I was exercising a lot and trying to eat well, I felt so upset and out of control of my own body. Fortunately, I'm doing a lot better now, changed my meds again for the better, and have really started working on taking care of myself. Okay. But here's a scenario. One of my friends is turning 21 and wants to make a trip to Vegas next week. I've already booked travel plans, but, I mean, I guess they're refundable. I just have to decide in the next few days. I want to go because I love my friends who are going, and I know that it will be really fun, but I also am thinking that I shouldn't for the following reasons. One, I feel like the long weekend in Vegas will set me back in a lot of ways. I'll have missed a couple of classes for it. My friend who's turning 21 is from a rich family and wants to spend more money in a day than I have in my bank account when I've already been struggling to, struggling to afford things. Oof. I'll be drinking so much that I'll probably gain weight back, and Oof. I've been struggling to lose it, and I'll come back just tired and feeling like I have to play catch-up at work and school. Mm -hmm. My friends really party hard and nonstop, and I don't think at this moment I have it in me. P 
Plus, if I go away for a weekend, I can come back feeling more renewed and refreshed instead of feeling tired and stressed. I'm afraid of how it will affect my self-image. And even though I'm not used to being at this weight, I'm going to really hate seeing pictures of myself right now. I guess I'm just really scared of losing the forward momentum that I've been making in my personal life regarding to self-care. I feel terrible because I really do love my friends and I don't want to hurt their feelings by bailing. And I'm sure we'll have fun, but I don't know if it would be fun enough, um, enough to fun to stop me from thinking about all these concerns. So what do you guys think I should do? Okay, so let's break it down. We got two options, right? Yes. Option A is? Going on a trip. I don't know if he's going by himself, but a separate trip. Yeah. To another place. And then option two is or B is? Going to his friend's 21st birthday. Oh, Vegas. Yeah. And he doesn't want to go to that 21st birthday. Yes. And he wants to go. Well, at least it sounds like he just, <laughs> like, he's like, what should I do? But I'm like, I think you've made up your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because the, the negative is mostly, his concerns, I would say, not really the negatives, but his concerns outweigh. The only fun part is that he'll be with his friends having fun, but not really, because he's not sure. He's going to be concerned about his drinking. He's going to be concerned about his going to be tired. L- l- uh, gaining more weight. Using how he money. looks. His money. Oh, my God. That's a so huge thing. It sounds like if there was pros and cons, there'd be <laughs> more pros in the go alone to the to my own trip yeah. than the uh, go out to La Vegas with the boys. La Vegas. <laughs> well, I'm just going to say this. My opinion. You can't... You shouldn't go, and short opinion, TLDR, <laughs> don't go, and go, go on your own trip, because you have to understand that what you want is important. You got to treat yourself right, and yeah. you can't go through life upset about your decisions when you are, and not make the decision you want, already going in knowing, I don't want this. Yeah. You're, like, forcing yourself to go, and that's so true. <laughs> Um, so for me, I, I, same, like go with the travel plans you already booked. That's not going to be cool if you, you know, like go to book a trip and then not go. That's not really, I don't know. That's, it's like you already have that planned. Yeah. And so when you go to your friend's birthday, it's like you have to cancel all of your plans. Mm-hmm. That's, that doesn't make sense to me. And you know what? Also make sure that. You know, you you could tell them, you know, hey, I actually have something planned on that time, and I can't make it. And you know what? That's okay. And if they're not going to accept that, then they're not the kind of friends that you should have. I'm also taking into account how old they are, because this guy is 22, and his friend is 21. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they might be a little butthurt that you didn't go, but they'll get over it. Yeah, and you know what? It... it when it comes to these kind of excuses, it's you can't go, you know, if you don't want to go. Yeah. You, and you don't really have to give a reason. I mean, you can. You could be like, hey, I had this trip. I don't really have money for this. And I would feel really bad because I would gain weight. And I would love to celebrate you and your Just 21st at some other time and some other location that's better for me. But this right here doesn't work well for me. And I'm going to be at a real disadvantage at the end of it. So I hope you can understand that I can't go. Yeah. Or you could just say I can't go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't necessarily have to tell people. I've learned that. You don't necessarily have to tell people a reason why you can't go. They should just accept at, you know, face value why I can't go. But some people do feel compelled to say why. And it might be hard, but at the end of the day, you have to put yourself first. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It seems that you just won't feel comfortable. It would be so uncomfortable if you went to your friend's 21st. Oh, yeah, and then you, the whole time you're just thinking, like, I shouldn't have come, I didn't yeah. want to. But I understand where he's drive. coming yeah. from, though. Totally. Like, I would feel the same way, like, but it's, he's my friend, you know? Yeah. But at the end of the day, you have to hold on to yourself, hold on to your integrity, and really just look after yourself once in a while. Or actually, most of the while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here, see, that's how... That's so funny that I say that, because that's how... I think sometimes, and I'm like, no, I need to put myself first. It's like you had this example, and I really liked it. It was like, you know, if there's a line of people that you're uh, willing to come help and, you know, be supportive of and take care of, you got to be first in that line. Yeah. You got to take care of yourself first before you could help somebody else. I mean, like they say in the... Air, in the airplane, you know, you got to put your own oxygen mask on first before you can help somebody else. Yeah. 
And at the end of the day, you have to live with you and your decisions. Yeah. So if you're really allowing other people influence your decisions, then that means you're not really, that's not, you're not taking ownership of your life. And that's what it is, you know? And ownership comes with self-love and self-compassion. Yeah. Don't be mean to yourself. Don't. So don't go. Go with your already booked plans. And this was a while ago, so hopefully you already went to your plans. Yeah. (laughs) Sexy fanny pack, please. (laughs) Do you. And Until always you, love yours. Always love yours. <laughs> um, so now I think we're all ready for our last segment. Yep. What's on the timeline? On the timeline. Okay, usually I try to keep it short and sweet, but we got three things coming up that are around now's time in 2019 July. First off, women's USA soccer. If I could clap, I would clap, but it doesn't sound good in the mic. But great job. Got the gold. Got, got Won the championship. I don't know how to say it correctly. <laughs> they won. They, they didn't lose one game. 13 and zero. Yeah. Yeah. The World Cup. Undefeated. And, you know, Megan Rapinoe. Is that how you say her last name? Yeah. I think that's awesome. how you say her name. Well, she is, she is the GOAT. Uh, I know. I'm team. seeing all these pictures and, like, photo shoots of all of the soccer players, and it's pretty cool to see. Yeah. She was chilling with LeBron. Like, you know, it was, <laughs> it was looking tight. Yeah. So, congratulations to them. It's like a win for women. Yeah. It's a win for women. It's, such a win. And you know what? I think that it's really amazing that they're all so great. And I learned that on Nike, they're selling the jerseys in men's sizes. And it's now become like the most sold hey, uh, Ni- that's uh, soccer so jerseys. Cool. I yeah. want a soccer jersey now. All right. I know that's what I'm going to be getting <laughs> you soon. Next picture. So <laughs> next on the timeline, we have the news. I'm sorry. Do you, do you want a high uh, story and then low or low and then in on a high? Low and then in on a high. Okay, okay, okay. So, recently, a 17-year-old was killed because he was listening to rap music. That's crazy. That so, makes me really sad. Yeah. Only because it's like, that's a lie. We see, we see on the news all the time shootings and all these types of things. And sometimes I think we get desensitized to it. And we're like, oh, another shooting. Oh, another person died. But that's a person's life. And it's not just like the death aspect, but it's also like the family and all the friends that they leave behind and it's it's sad that that's already taken away their love and that person is taken away because someone did not agree with your choice of music i agree so the the story says that um police say man cut arizona teen's throat because rap music made him feel unsafe with the with the knife yeah god damn yeah um, Not so even like a fast. <laughs> so one thing I don't believe in is I don't believe in giving um, people who do these kind of crimes um, their their name out. So I'm not going to be saying the person, the the individual yeah, who committed the crime's credit. name. Yeah. But I'll basically say that the teen was the story says the teen was listening to rap music. He was minding his business. He hadn't even attended to this man, and this man heard the music and decided to in this victim's life. And he was only and 17? He was only so 17. Um, and it says that he was, like, leaving work at uh, 11.30, and then witnesses just saw that, unprovoked, this man came and slaughtered this teenager. That's, like, oh, my heart just sank. <laughs> yeah, I mean, RIP. I can't even imagine even being the witness. You know how traumatic that is, to watch someone just, like, randomly kill someone? I mean, Jeez. yeah, it's terrible. I mean, this uh, the teen's name was Elijah Al-Amin, and I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, it's a terrible loss, um, a terrible way to go, and t- uh, we can only hope that the person, the person that pr- uh, did this crime gets the full... Um, Consequences of the justice system. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Well, rest in peace, Elijah, and I send nothing but love and hugs to the family and good thoughts because that must be really hard. Yes. And um, to switch things up, to end on a high. Yeah, please. Um, <laughs> I'm sad now. Now, there's this new thing in this uh, social media or on the, on the timeline, on your timeline probably of anybody that who's uh, around a certain age. It is 2019 July, so it's the hot girl summer. <laughs> And then Hot Girl Summer has been juxtaposed with the Hot Boys Summer. (laughs) So from what I see on my timeline, it looks like men and women just going at each other, you know, and trying to get one over on each other. Wait, so I've been seeing that actually on Instagram and Twitter. So where did that come from? Because I was like, why is everyone captioning that now? 
Okay, so this um, rapper, Megan Thee Stallion, who has blown up, said it in one of her songs, and she's been all about it. And when asked about it, she said, it's about women and men being unapologetically them, just having a good-ass time, hyping up their friends, and doing you. Not giving a damn b- about what anybody got to say. You definitely have to be a person who can be the life of the party and just be a bad bitch. Now, <laughs> hey, yay. Well, when she says it like that, okay. But the way that it's been um, bastardized on to the timeline, I feel, is just like people just, for no reason, going back and forth angrily trying to get one-ups on each other. It's like, oh, I'm going to get one over on him by doing this, and I'm going to get one over on her. And it's like, well, It kind of, like, m- like, missed the concept what she was exactly. trying to do. Exactly, completely missed it. But, you know, it's always going to be a boys versus girls thing. There's a battle of the sexes type of thing. So I I'm guess. not surprised. Was it's the internet? But, I mean, I'm off that. I mean, you know, I'd rather, you know... Why can't it be a hot and gr- hot boy and girls summer? You know, I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny to see if people are have or people being petty or whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, the memes are hilarious. Yeah, the memes are gonna be the best. Yeah, but you know, love yours. Don't yeah. be comparing yourself to other people. <laughs> and I just wanted to bring those up because those were the things that were on my timeline. So I thought I'd bring it there. Well, thank you. Those were it was a good variety of things. Thank you. I think so too. And you know what? I think that brings us to the end of Finally, the podcast. Finally, I don't even know how long this is, but sorry <laughs> if it's long. We like to talk too much. Yeah, uh, I mean, we wanted we wanted to make sure that we gave you everything that you we thought we wanted to share. Yeah. So please remember, um, you could email us at alwaysloveyourspodcast at gmail.com, yours with a Z. And we also have an Instagram that's alwayslovyours. Same spelling, podcast at, uh, at Instagram. I was going to say at Instagram.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Instagram is alwaysloveyourspodcast. Yeah, and also, if you can, rate us five stars or li- leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's kind of how we get our podcast out there to people who are might not be our friends or family or anything like that on spotify you could follow it uh-huh. there's not really a rating system which i kind of like because okay. it's kind of like unbiased and you just listen to it uh-huh. but apple Podcasts uh definitely works a little bit differently okay well i'm sorry that if i if you've been hearing me sniffle i mean i don't know where my allergies came <laughs> but it's like oh you press record i'm coming to get you literally <laughs> literally right when we start recording his allergies went crazy um, but you know what we do this in one take yeah so it is what it is we're doing this for fun. We're doing this to, you know, help. just talk and, and help people out, be help people be more aware of different perspectives. And, and you know what we're trying to do? We're trying to always, always love, love yours. yours. Hey, hey I it. <laughs> nice. We're so annoying. <laughs> well, I've been Jared. And I'm Krista. And you have a good one. Always love yours. We out. Bye. Deuces. Deuces.